Welcome new BFFs and returning BFFs. It is the That's What Friends Do podcast. I'm your BFF Nina. And I'm your BFF Takara. And today we are continuing that process of our real and raw reactions. We have some heartwarming relationship stories. And like you saw in our last few episodes, these are just real and raw opinions, no script, no preparation, just our reactions. So T, are you excited about just coming off the dome again? Oh yeah, I always enjoy that because you never know what we're going to come up with. So it's always enjoyable to do these. Of course, of course. All right, so today's stories are coming from Oprah Daily. It's an article written by Miss Melissa Goldberg, and we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. All right, T, do you want to go first? Do you read first or I read first? I'll let you choose. I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead. Okay. All right, so you go ahead and start. All right, so first we're getting started with a story about Bob Harvey and Annette Atkins, and I just thought this was so cute. So Bob Harvey first met Annette Atkins during study hall in 1955 and was immediately smitten. I couldn't take my eyes off her, Harvey told the New York Times. She had auburn hair and a stunningly beautiful face, and her eyes were just wow. The two teens ended up going to prom together, but as many young relationships go, they lost touch after high school and married other people. Harvey never forgot about Atkins, though. In 2017, after his wife died, he searched for Atkins on Google and discovered she had also become widowed. He sent her a card with his phone number, After and after chatting for a bit, Harvey drove 500 miles to visit her, stopping only for gas and a bouquet of carnations. I handed her the flowers, and then I cupped her face in my hand and said, Whether you like it or not, I'm going to kiss you, he recalled. In October, the high school sweethearts married at a 50s-style diner and danced to Johnny Mathis just like they did at prom 63 years earlier. That is so cute. It is. That's real adorable. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I just want to point out that this was, like, not a second chance love for them. It's just another a second time for love for both of them so they were both married and then widowed and then got to marry each other so they got to live the rest of their lives not by themselves but with someone else you know and I'm like that's that's like really cool like I'm excited for them and also kind of a little saddened because I'm still waiting for the first one but you know I digress let me go back to the story we don't, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Um, it's going to be fine, Nina. It's going to be fine. You know, your time is coming. It's just that you're just not settling for whatever, and you shouldn't. Of course not. Of course not. I love that um, 
he just decided that he never forgot about her. And I hope, I'm hoping now, this might be a small point of little, little, I guess, conflict here. Um, I'm hoping that while they were married, they weren't secretly wishing that they were dating each other. Like, I hope they had the time of their lives in their marriage and that it was a wonderful, loving relationship, you know, that they had. And I love that he, you know, sought her out. Like, that's, that's like Lifetime or Hallmark movie like this that's what that is right (laughs) this is like my life is a lifetime movie um i love that he drove to find her and okay so i know most people will probably in our day and age would say when he said whether you like it or not i'm going to kiss you i think a lot of people would be like oh my you have to know who you're talking to and doing that so i i got a feeling that he said that because he knew that she was not going to be like, no. <laughs> like, I feel like he he was like, whether you like it or not. And she's probably like, no, you got no good and well. I'm going to like it. Right. So I think that he knew her, I guess, of or or whatever their relationship was and how they were tied together. I think he knew. And so he was okay with making that statement to her. It wasn't kind of like a, a predatory thing. Let me put it that way. What are you thinking? I do. I just think this is so cute. And I do think that he kind of knew how she would react to him. Um, They had spoken on the phone before he even decided to come to visit her those 500 miles. So he probably kind of already knew her reaction. And I think that is, um, you know, a wonderful thing to probably, you know, probably know her previously and then to be able to kind of you know still know the person that she is i'm just wondering if other people in there if they could think about the person they went to prom with in high school like would you ever want to marry that person if you've been married before like do you think that would be something good to do like nina just think about the person you went to high school with to high school prom with you think you would want to marry that person well, lucky for me, I did not go to prom with someone. I went with my sister. <laughs> I took my older sister to my senior prom. I didn't go to junior prom. And that's because she was a year ahead of me. And I kind of, like, I don't regret not going. I just, I didn't want to be there. It was her senior year. And I didn't want her to feel like she had to, like, look out for her little sister. Or, you know, I wanted her to have that freedom, right? And I just decided not to go to, to junior prom. But senior prom, I brought her with me and it was a lot of fun I really enjoyed having her there so yeah I don't get that kind of memory (laughs) I guess oh well that's sweet okay so I guess you won't be marrying your um your prom date but that was sweet though I'm glad you had fun (laughs) we did funny story though um we left prom and got home and my dad looked at us and was like what are y'all doing home and we were like Oh, okay. And walked right back out the door. It was so hilarious. Oh, wow. (laughs) We we ended up like, I think we went to like Waffle House or something like that. I want to say it was Waffle House. I think we ended up going to Waffle House and then like, then came back home. So I guess he felt like we hadn't been out long enough. Yeah, you can never go wrong with having a little something to eat after you get back. You know, you know how I I feel about food. Yes, that's how we bonded. (laughs) <laughs> yes good, i good. know i know you can never go wrong with a little bit of food never never okay. never I well i yeah 
I just think this was, you know, I think this was a cool story. 63 years, you know, earlier they had went to prom and then they marry each other. That's, I mean, like, who would think that somebody would be thinking about somebody, you know, that long after right. they've, you know, right. been together. So, and I, cute. it also Very begs cute. the, it is cute, but it begs the question, like, do you think they wish they would have got married first or, and which we, they, they can't really compare because they'll never know. Like maybe it took that long for them to make sure that they could have a lasting relationship for how, however long it's going to be now. But yeah, I just, that's interesting. He never, she made that much of an impression on him. I know. In a study <laughs> hall. <laughs> they weren't I even know. in class together. <laughs> <A> study hall. <laughs> Oh man, I hope I have like lasting impressions on people that, that positive lasting impression on someone that they would, you know, when they see me years later, they're like, oh my gosh, because I feel that would be such a testament to who you are as a person, like that people would still want to be around you or to be friends with you and all that good stuff. Even after all those years, I think that's absolutely amazing. I agree. I think you. I think you do. I think you leave lasting Aww. impressions on people. <laughs> and I mean, if not for just your, you know, animated self and just being bubbly, and you know, I don't think it would be anything bad. But I think um, you would be well known later in life if you were to run into somebody else. I don't think you're forgettable. Oh, I don't think you're forgettable either. Oh, BFFs, it's so awesome to know that people will just love you for who you are and just not forget you because no one wants to be forgotten I think that was great so kudos to Annette and um what was his name again Uh, Annette and Bob that's right Annette and Bob yeah Yeah. Annette and Bob Mm -hmm. Harvey so I'm so excited that they got married oh and also in the 50 styles diner right I know isn't that (laughs) cute I know and then use their song isn't that their song from prom like that's yeah. amazing i don't think i would remember because i can barely remember what i did last week <laughs> and to know tell that i remember the song <laughs> tell me about it i don't know i think people born during that time and like before us i think they have way better memories than we do oh, i don't yeah. know why but i think their memory is way better <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. So, so yes. All right, BFFs. I hope that you guys have some long-lasting relationships and friendships that even 63 years later, you'll still be so amazed and so awesome. And so, and it'll be so awesome to be with that person. It's going to be great. All right. So we're going to move on to our next heartwarming story. I'm feeling all the feels right now. <laughs> I know this one is all you and I think this one is so cute it is uh, oh my goodness oh my goodness okay so we're talking about Jessica Cher and Aaron Long and this is so cool more than a decade after using an anonymous sperm donor to start a family Jessica Cher met her daughter's biological father and fell in love with him in 2016, Cher's daughter, Alice McKell, asked her grandmother for a 23 and Me kit to look into her genealogy. 
When the results came back eight weeks later, Aaron Long was listed as a 50% parental match. So Mikkel and Cher connected with Long, and eventually, the two parents decided to meet. When we met in person, the attraction seemed harder for either of us to deny. That's what Long told Good Morning America. Good Morning America. Cher, though, had reservations. This was not my relationship or my journey to jump into and mess up forever. She said in that same interview. Now, two and a half years later, Cher, Long, and Mikkel live together in Seattle, along with Long's 22-year-old daughter, Maddie, who he also had through sperm donation. A few people have called us some sort of new Brady Bunch, Cher told people. I think Mikkel thinks it's kind of funny that everybody thinks it's a big deal. Oh my, what are you thinking, T? Because this is like, this is like really, really unique. Yes, I think this is cool because I think, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know because I've clearly never done this, but I think when you get ready to have a donor, like, there are certain things that you can look at regarding the donor, whether they're, you know, different aspects of them, you know, um, their IQ, like certain things that they're into, like their interests and things like that. And so it's almost like, she picked out the perfect person that she would have wanted to have a child with. And then years later, it ended up being the perfect person for her. And I do feel like this is some kind of new Brady Bunch type thing going on. You know, it's his daughter. And then he had another daughter who was um, also from donation and, I don't know. I think it's you don't hear about stories like this often. And these 23 and me kits or these ancestry kits, they'll get you into knowing a lot of different things that you probably would have never known previously um just through these genealogy things. So, I think this is really cool. What do you think? You are absolutely correct. This is absolutely cool. So unique, so different, such a great story to tell and to pass down from, you know, generation to generation. And you're right. Like she did kind of pick the perfect person and and I don't know, maybe we can look that up, but um, she did kind of look at some things that she would want to share, you know, sharing DNA with her daughter or, or her child. She, I guess she didn't know it was going to be a girl at the time, but you know, with, with their child and he, him having another daughter <laughs> from sperm donation, which is so crazy. Cause I'm wondering if he donated sperm to an, an anonymous egg donor, like, was it that way? Or did he, or did his daughter find him and then she decided she wants to go live with dad like or to be with dad like i'm wondering how, i want to know oh. how that came right like can guys do anonymous egg donation like like can they go ask to I have a child know. like that would be like a surrogate yeah, yeah. But like an anonymous so, surrogate right she donates her egg carries mm. the child but then gives him the child right it, it would yeah, have to work that I way, right? I would think so, but that is quite interesting. I've never thought about it that way. I wonder how he ended up with this daughter, Maddie. That's interesting. Mm. That's an interesting um, thought. 
That is. That is interesting. So, but again, so that could happen one of two ways. Either he was the sperm, but it does say sperm donation, but I'm wondering if, like, how did, did she, did she look him up too and get a kid? Because if it's anonymous, well, his information was in 23andMe. Was it 23? Yeah, the 23andMe. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. So his, his, so it's not like the people were in trouble for outing him. Because his no. his data was in twenty three and Me, so yeah. she could Maddie Maddie could have found him that way. I yeah. absolutely love this. I wonder I if there are other siblings. <laughs> yes. Oh, I wonder. Or hmm. like, I, that would be interesting. But I'm mm-hmm. wishing them the best. I hope that they are still going strong and having such a wonderful time being together because again this was very unique very different um Mm -hmm. and it's funny because i'm in relationships if you're the one who wants if you want children then do you think of what kind of qualities you want in your mate so that you you would want to have children with them like is that a deciding factor like can I have children with this guy? Like, do people think that way? I don't know. I don't really I would, want kids, I would so. Think, yeah, I would think so. Um, I think for me, you know, of course, it's um, something that, of course, I thought, like, I wouldn't. There are certain people I look back on now and be like, I definitely wouldn't have a kid with this person. Or I definitely, I think there are certain things that as a parent you look for in the person that you're going to be having a child with and um yeah I do I really do all right well you heard it here um she pretty much picked out her perfect like you said her perfect person or for her not that he's perfect but the perfect perfect Mm -hmm. person for her by choosing someone for her child. That's yeah, you know, so I cool. wonder how many how many children are born through donation. I think that would be interesting to find out. Oh, let's see. Um, let's see. Let's look at it. How many children are born through sperm donation? That would be awesome. You know, they have lots of... Oh, this is an estimated... This is a big range. 30,000 to 60,000 children conceived with donor sperm are born in the U.S. every year. Though, the statistic may well be an underestimate. Wow. Oh, wow. That's a lot of... But I can see it happening, especially happening a lot more now, you know, with women having careers and maybe they didn't have time to you know find the love of their life but they want children that they can you know take care of so they get you know donations and hmm Mm. that's interesting that's wow 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 you know they had that big um thing about the guy who had like over 100 kids you remember that was it yeah uh uh-huh Oh yeah, it's, I think he was. It wasn't. It wasn't in America. I think it was somewhere else. But yeah, he had fathered like over a hundred. He claims to have fathered over a hundred children. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of children. <laughs> oh, a whole lot. Whoo, that paycheck mm, gone. 
Yes. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess through sperm donation, he's not responsible for them. No, but I'm just saying, if it was, if know, it was regular circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, mm, that's a lot. I mean, I was I was one of five, so we were a lot. <laughs> so yeah. I don't think I can have 128 siblings. I just don't think that's. Oh work my for me. gosh! <laughs> How does they even look? Right, <laughs> they live in a dorm room. Oh <laughs> like we have a whole dorm oh building. My. <laughs> that's Goodness. how you do that one you create a you uh, have a college dorm and you put the kids in their rooms <laughs> okay okay yeah, three so floors each one has their own room okay i can see that I, I yeah. okay. not two to a room we're gonna do the two to a room oh, <laughs> we're, two saving, to a room. Okay. we're saving cost here two to a room okay and then <laughs> do you do like breakfast lunch and dinner by like shifts yes it's gonna have work? to be in shifts okay. definitely gonna have to be okay. in a shift um uh, we're going to have to make sure we have a house staff, right? <laughs> like, you're going to need, <laughs> you're going to need a whole staff, right? You're going to need, like, some, uh, what are those, buses <laughs> to carry everyone around. Oh, my gosh. And can you imagine sending those kids to school? No, nah, we are the school. No. We are the school. I was going to say they need to have their own school. So it's like a mini college oh, campus wow. to live on this, like, to live. That would be a mini college oh. campus with 120 20 some odd kids. Yeah, that's a lot. Oh anyway, goodness. we digress. Uh, so, sorry, BFF. Sometimes we just get off on a tangent. I just thought it was like an interesting topic. And that then is it kind of went a little further than we thought. I don't know. I wonder what you guys' thoughts are on sperm donation. Um, I don't have any, I don't have any pros or cons for it. I just think it's to each his own, right? Um, If that's something you want to do, you should do it. And if you don't like it, then okay, then don't do it. But, um, but for the, for those who do, I wonder like, what are some of their challenges and you know, what is that conversation like when you're like telling the the child that you were, I don't know who your father actually is because you Mm -hmm. were conceived through sperm sperm donation. Like that's a great, Mm -hmm. um, a great thing to kind of delve into what kind of feelings that kid would have and. How to finesse that. But luckily for Jessica Sher and Aaron Long, it came out, it turned out amazing. Yeah, it did. It did. I think, I don't know. The whole topic is just more fascinating now after we read this story. I I don't know. I have so many more questions. Every time we do these, we do end (laughs) up with more and more questions. It's like, okay, well, now I need to know this. And well, now I need to know this. So I Mm -hmm. hope we can delve on into that maybe later maybe we can add it yeah. to our list <laughs> i think All that right. would be great i think so too so we're gonna uh actually so that's our first two stories so we're gonna go ahead and head into our break you guys know we've been yes. dealing with yes the school of friendship i have really enjoyed mm-hmm. doing the school of friendship i'm very very excited about the things that we're learning and so we started out with some of the toxic things that we've learned from if you don't know you must go back and listen to the other episodes so that you can get Absolutely. caught up on yes you got to get caught up on the school of friendship we've been following the show girlfriends and more specifically mm-hmm. the relationship between tony and joan um those two characters mm-hmm. while we are looking at all of the friendships within that show but we're seeing it through a different lens when that show first came out you know it was we were younger right we were younger and so now we're as 
being older and having a little uh, more experience and some wisdom within us, we can see the show through a different lens. And so we've been kind of looking at some of the positive things or things that we can take away that we can learn from their relationship. And so today's uh, lesson is that forgiveness isn't linear. Mm, Forgiveness isn't linear. All right. So basically Mm -hmm. it's telling us that it's normal to be fine one day and totally not the next. Although apologies show accountability, they don't erase the emotional trauma caused from the action. Only time can do that. And your friends will always be there. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go right yeah. into this part of apologies show accountability, accountability, but they mm-hmm. don't erase. They do not erase the emotional trauma. You know, that whole forgive and forget. Yeah. I don't forgive and forget. I forgive and remember. I'm not going back through that again. I'm going to remember what that felt like. And I'm going to remember what the red flags that I should have saw the first time. So when I start seeing those red flags again, I'm going to stop it right before it gets to the part of hurting me again. I don't want to relive trauma all the time. So I really like that statement of making sure people know that just because you apologize does not mean that I'm going to just be okay. That's a choice that I have to make and only time can really, and I don't think it's going to erase it. I think it lessens it. You know, it just, you are allowed to have those moments. I mean, trauma is real and our bodies hold on to the stress that trauma causes. Like our physically, you can physically hurt yourself. Like just because you're holding on to that emotional stress, your body goes through these, these triggers. And so we have to, you know, day by day, take the time to heal from the trauma caused from the action. And I think you have to do that regardless of the apology. Like that's, that's a me thing. That's on me. My healing is my responsibility. Right? So, yeah. So forgiveness is not linear. What are you thinking T? Um, I totally agree. I think that, you know, just because someone's apologized, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm going to forget what you did because whatever that action is has likely caused me to have some type of trauma that just isn't going to go away with just your apology. And it doesn't mean that the person isn't sorry and they didn't mean to do whatever it is that they have, you know, done. But, you know... <sighs> when you feel some type of way about something it's hard to like turn the corner and start feeling a totally different way about it if it was something that was that hurtful to you or you know that really emotionally broke you down um you know it's good that the person can be accountable for what it was that they did but you know I was listening to something this morning and she said that, um, you know, some people say, oh, well, maybe they don't know what they're doing. You know, maybe you need to say something. They don't know that they're hurting you. But she seemed to think that 99.9% of people do know what they're doing and that they're doing it. um, She said being nice. And being kind are two different things, which I totally agree with. And if you don't know what you're doing, that means you're not self-aware. 
which most of the time, most people are self-aware. And so you have to think about, you know, did this person actually know what they were doing? You know, I don't know. I, I just thought that I would bring that up. I thought it was interesting. I thought, you know, it gave me a different perspective. I don't know, Nina, do you have any thoughts on that? Now, I'm going to backtrack to that nice versus kind. Ooh, that that's, that's a good statement because there are two different words. While they might go hand in hand, they're not necessarily synonymous, right? Just because you're nice doesn't mean you're kind. And just because mm-hmm. you're kind doesn't mean you are nice. I think mm-hmm. of... I think of nice as being polite, right? You treat people well. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to be, you have to know them. You know, you're just, when you see someone, mm-hmm. you're like, good morning, good morning, good afternoon. Mm-hmm. Hi, how are you? Oh, mm-hmm. of course, let me hold this door open for you. I'm being nice, right? Mm-hmm. And I never have to mm-hmm. see that person again, right? I may see a lady, like I saw this one lady, she was trying to get out the door with her, um, you know, it's, I think it was roses, which is so backwards because the doors to get into roses are like the automatic doors that open. But then there's another set of doors that you have to pull and open and you're trying to get a cart or a buggy through or shopping cart through. That makes absolutely no sense to me. So you're trying to like, you're struggling opening the door and trying to push a a shopping cart through. And so I saw this lady trying to do that. Mm -hmm. Let let me help her out because she's struggling. I'm about to be struggling too. So, (laughs) so I opened the door that's me being nice. I'll probably never see that woman ever again. That's me being mm-hmm. nice. But being kind, that's mm-hmm. that's showing that you care. You care about people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and you can care about someone, you know, and not necessarily be nice to them. But then you, and it, yeah. which is weird because you should, you should be nice. Mm-hmm. You should treat them yeah. well. But then you can mm-hmm. also be nice, but I don't have to care about you because <laughs> I, I mean, again, yeah. I'm going to be nice and open this door or nice unless you get in front mm-hmm. of me because you only have two items and I have a whole cart, but it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that I have to mentally and emotionally care about you as a person. Yeah. I don't know. That's, yeah. that's really good. And one thing she said is being kind is a character trait. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Like she, this, I like this lady. She gets some snacks. Yes. Well, actually, she's a, a very young YouTuber girl. She just turned 21, but she had some very good things to say. I'm excited about the generation coming behind us because I do feel like they're able to process and and learn things at a faster rate than we did because just because of the accessibility to things that we didn't necessarily have. And I hope that they, um, I don't know. I hope that they use it wisely. Right. But that's so good for her to understand that. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she was dropping some nuggets and I was listening to them and I was like, Oh, this is really good. I, I might have to send it to you. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe some of the things that she talked about, can be talked about um, on this podcast, you know, talking about trauma, you know, is it somebody else's responsibility and, you know, some of these things that we've talked about today. And I just thought it was a good chit chat. Yes, I absolutely agree with that. So there we go. Forgiveness is not linear. And well, I will say this, that 
I also believe that forgiveness is something that I can do without the conversation and or acknowledgement from the person I'm forgiving, right? I may never have to tell you (laughs) that I forgave you. It may show up in my actions. It may show up in, you know, later on, but that's a choice that I have to make as a person. If I'm the one who's forgiving, that's something that I make as a person. It is, and it, it is for me to understand that I'm not allowing the situation to have control and power anymore and that I'm going to move forward from it. Now, here's the thing. I will say this, just because you are friends, I want to put this caveat out there, this disclaimer, just because someone's your friend and they do something that causes some type of trauma, you can forgive. And if you don't need to be friends with that person anymore, please, by all means, free yourself, right? Free yourself from that relationship. If you're continually feeling like you're having to forgive them for actions that are very unkind, right? Because obviously they're not a a nice person or a kind person. If they're continuing to put you through things where you have to forgive, then hey, walk away from that. Walk away, be by yourself, find some of the friends. I don't care what it is, but do not continue to go through trauma for the sake of you know, forgiving and being friends. I will put that out there. Okay. I I totally agree. I totally agree. Yes, 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 yes. And I'm just glad that, you know, maybe in this podcast or in this, this, this arena, when you're listening to things like this, that you guys can have those deep rooted conversations and really talk about things that really hurt you. And we have to understand that just because something may not hurt you doesn't mean it won't hurt someone else right and we have this whole thing about being easily offended and I was like you know what I think there's levels to this it depends on how you grew up it depends on how your it depends on what you as a person have experienced and I'm not about to apologize for something that may affect me but it doesn't affect you you know I'm just I'm just not I'm not going to apologize for that. And I'm also not going to apologize that for something that may affect you, but it doesn't affect me. Now I can have empathy towards that, but I'm not going to sit there and then become something that I'm not <laughs> because it affected you. Um, but, but as a friend, I'm going to support you through whatever it is you're going through. Right. So I don't know. Friendship or in friendship, forgiveness may not, it's not linear. Right. Oh, that was so good. That was. I'm loving this school of friendship. Just really loving oh, no. it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we're moving back to our stories, right? Yes. We can't forget about our stories, our cute little stories. Yes. We're going back to all the feels, all the warmness, all the tingling, you know, all the hallmark and lifetime and, you know, stories that make us feel good, right? So we have Katie Robbins and Jeannie yeah. Pearson. Is that what that is? Yeah, K- KT Robbins and Jimmy oh, Pearson. KT uh-huh. Robbins. Okay, so that's, mm-hmm. I'm that's sorry. on you, right? <laughs> yeah, this is on me. I'll go right. ahead. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. Let's dive in. So, if there's a story that proves true love stands the test of time, it's this one. In 1944, 24-year-old KT Robbins met 18-year-old Jeannie we're going to call her Janae, uh, while he was stationed in Brealey, France. And over the next three months, the two fell in love. But their courtship came to a crashing halt when Robbins was transferred to fight on the Eastern Front during World World War II. 
After the war, Robbins went home to Memphis and got married to another woman. Back in France, um, Jeannie, now Pearson, also moved on with her life. Fast forward to 2019 when Robbins returned to France for the 75th anniversary of D-Day and was interviewed by journalists from the television station France 2 about his World War II experience. The reporters helped Robbins track down Pearson and the two long-lost lovers, both 92, reunited in the French nursing home where Pearson lives. I always loved you, Robbins told her as they embraced. You never got out of my heart. After spending a couple of hours together, the two had to say goodbye, but they vowed to meet again soon. Aww. Well, Nina... No, I'm going to let you go ahead. Oh my goodness. Standing the test of time. That had to be like so heartwarming. Like if you were in the room when they reunited, I'm pretty sure you felt the like the vibrations of their connection and their love. Like you just, you had to feel that. You And I'm pretty sure I would have been a big ball of tears. Like I would have been crying. I know it. Crying tissues. Just, just straight. Just, I, I would have been a mess. A complete mess. Probably more so emotional than the two of them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure of it. I think that this just shows that love can really stand the test of time. I think it shows that people can love for long periods of time as well. Um, and I'm so excited about the journalist that, uh, that helped him track her down. Like they didn't have to do that. That shows beat someone being nice. <laughs> they were very nice. And I think that that was so, so awesome. And at 92 years old and to still be in good health and like mind and, and have their minds about them and to remember again, these, they have memories that are just so amazing i need to do better maybe i need to take some vitamins or something to help my memory yeah do some mind exercises or something you know those little brain games or well, something like something. that maybe yeah i think we need to start i think it all messed us up when we had to stop using um you know memorizing phone numbers and things like that i think Ooh. that's where my memory kind of went Yes, honey, because let me tell you, the only reason I know your phone number is because I use it at Harris Teeter for the Vic car. <laughs> <laughs> that and I think Walgreens. <laughs> it's like, and I use yeah. Crystal's number at another store. I use my mama's number at CVS. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> and, and I think, I think occasionally sometimes at the gas station, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I have <laughs> used your number. Yeah. For the, yeah. Mm-hmm definitely mm-hmm. done that that's why i know it but, but you're right i don't <laughs> how do you call mama mom <laughs> like call yeah. your dad well i need my phone so i can press dad <laughs> okay but you yeah but you know what the phone number that i grew up with my entire life when i lived in milwaukee i still know that phone number but now like i know my parents number now pretty much by heart but sometimes i have to think about it because i get confused and mixed up but I didn't have to, you know, think about it as much. But I don't know. Yes. Oh, my grandma's phone number. I know grandma's phone number. My 
uh, my mom's phone number, my aunt Cece's phone number. And the thing is, back growing up at home, because we were such a small town, everybody had the same area code, but also the first three digits. Those first three digits were the same. So I only really needed to know the last four. And so, like, I just remember all of the, I can remember all of those numbers. Like, even my high school, like, my school, I knew the high school phone number just because, yeah, we had to remember those things. I'm just, I'm just excited that when they were reunited, they were able to just, ah. Uh, just have some time now i want to i wonder if they would have been able to meet again though oh here we go with those questions i wonder what the follow-up of this is what do you think team? i know i i know i know i think this is so great and that's just so you know amazing that you know he was on tv and um he was able to look her up and you know at 92 to be able to see somebody and to go back on his 75th anniversary and he was older than her she was 18 he was 24 so he's got to be well in his 90s um you know so to be able to still travel and go back and see people and find people that are still living i just think that is wonderful and amazing and it's like you said, I don't know, maybe it's a true love thing, you know, if you really love somebody, you don't, maybe you don't forget, um, you know, kind of who they are and, and certain things about them and, you know, I don't know, long lost lovers seem to remember each other, it seems like to me. Yeah, and you're right, that whole, like, when you really love someone, and I think that's true in friendships, and in relationships, romantic relationships, that you never really forget those, the people who have the most impact or the biggest impact on you. And you'd never really forget that love. And I, love is not forgettable. What is that song? Unforgettable? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, yes. love, I don't think love is forgettable. It's, it's unforgettable. And true love, real love, the good love, the, the, the love that, you know, defies the odds and can stand the test of time. I love it. I absolutely love it. Oh, goodness. I hope you guys are feeling so all cute. warm inside because I am. We're not warm and fuzzy. <laughs> I know. Oh, my goodness. I think this last one that you're getting ready to talk about is going to be even cuter. Yes. Um, And this just really um speaks to like my heart when it comes to how I had to deal with some of these things with older people in my family right and so I'm just very very excited so we have Ann and Bill Duncan right so Ann and Bill Duncan are in the honeymoon phase of their relationship but unlike most couples going through this new and exciting stage the Duncans are already married and have been for 12 years. After living with dementia for nearly a decade, Bill started having trouble recognizing and remembering Anne. When he asked her to marry him again, Anne said yes. Two days later, the happy couple celebrated their second wedding surrounded by friends and family. It was wonderful. Anne posted on Facebook, and what's even more amazing is two weeks later, Bill still thinks he just married 
his new girlfriend and it makes him very happy that is so just that is so heartwarming that is that is heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same time but it's yes what do you think T well I was just gonna say I just I think it's so heartwarming because a lot of times they talk about you know dementia and sometimes how it breaks the brain down and and people become you know not so nice and you know because because they can't help it but you know for him to be living with this for 12 years and still love her and want to marry her again and she's saying you know kind of playing along with it and going ahead and marrying him again I, I just think that it's really cute and I don't know if his mind comes and goes but um you know I don't know how that works with him because a lot of times people that I've been around uh, I don't think it was per se dementia I think it was more of Alzheimer's but you know their memory comes and goes it comes in and out and um sometimes they know who you are and you know sometimes they don't but um I think that it's good that she's still able to be with him and he still be able to be in this space with her. Um, and that's probably why he's been thriving well, you know, well enough for so long because he's been somewhere that he doesn't realize he's familiar with, but he loves it there. So I just think I, I, I love this story. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And what people have to remember is that when with dementia, well, I will say that Alzheimer's is one of the common causes of dementia. Um, uh, but it's that thinking, remembering, and reasoning, right? And that's where they lose that cognitive function with dementia. And it, it's it can be to an extent that it will interfere with their daily life and activities they can't really control their emotions and like you said their personality may change because they can't control those things and for him to have some sort of memory to know that he knew her as his girlfriend and then for her to understand that my responsibility is not to try to make him remember like it could have gone so wrong if she could have been so frustrated with it and all that good stuff and been like we're already married you know and really took it a really wrong you know wrong path but she said you know what of course i'll marry you again and she didn't have to say of course i'll marry you and i think that that was amazing and to have the support of the family and the friends because i think that supports his ability to not go down that path of complete loss of cognitive functioning, right? Who knows this situation, her doing this could be a sign of helping to maintain where he is. So it doesn't get worse. Like she could have really saved him from, from, you know, being worse. Now, of course it may be inevitable that he does get worse, but at least for that moment. And then for those moments right after that, he's still functioning. Okay. Knowing that he knows who she is, even if he didn't remember that he already married her and had married her for 12 years. So I'm just so excited. And I think that there should be more, um, how do I say it? Like, I guess training and, or conversations about these symptoms and what, and you know, what are the signs of these symptoms and how do we, and what are some things we can do to, um, to help battle dementia and Alzheimer's? One of the things 
that I loved about my grandmother, my great grandmother, she had Alzheimer's and while she couldn't remember my name, she recognized who I was. Right. But I mean, sometimes my mama call us the wrong name and she looking right dead at us, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> but, um, what I enjoyed was, you know, my grandmother had a moment in time that she remembered and she remembered that moment in time very well. And it was the time in which, you know, there were things like the five and dime store where they hand wrote receipts and at the grocery store and she could buy groceries for like $4 and that was expensive. You know, four to $5 was a lot of money. You know, I looked, I remember finding a receipt and was like, are you serious? This head of cabbage was 10 cent, <laughs> a whole head of cabbage for 10 cent. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I remember seeing that, but that's that time period she remembered. And I remember bringing her a 20 ounce, I think it was a Coke. It was either Coke or Pepsi. I think it was a Coke. But and she was like, how much you pay for this? And I said, grandma, it's like a dollar. And she was like, a dollar. And she had a fit, like a complete fit. And I was like, I didn't know what to do then. And my mom, she sat me down. She was like, okay, so whenever she asks you how anything costs, never say more than a quarter. Okay. Cause that's where her brain is. Her brain is at, cause she was like, you need to take this back. There's no way they should be charging you a dollar. I could get, you know, she was talking about how she could get all of this for a dollar. And I was like, wait, what? Uh, that's not how that works. And I was young, uh -huh. right? Yeah. I was young. I was like yeah. still in um, high school or, or younger. I think I was either, either eighth or ninth grade or something like that when that happened. And, but my uh -huh. mom, you know, my mom and my dad did a really good job of like helping us, um, navigate that process with my grandma, my great grandmother. But yeah, so I think they did a really good job of navigating what could really have been devastating. Right. And I wonder how his wife feels. Like, I really want to know how she feels right now and how that made her feel, you know? And I know she was probably slightly yeah. upset knowing that he didn't remember, but I guess this always finding the silver lining, I guess, that he remembered that she yeah. was it, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess, it, you know, it seems like it would have to be um, kind of, you know, for a person that knows that time is moving on and that time is going and that, you know, the days are changing and things and you have someone that's stuck there. And you have to continue to... I will say this for her. I don't know how she feels about, you know, everything and the daily ins and outs. But she definitely has patience to be able to constantly remind... Either remind him or kind of go along with certain things. So, I, I will say she has patience and she really loves him to be able to do that I think yes because that can be t um, taxing very emotionally and mentally and physically taxing right and and she understands that right now I don't think we have there are no call, uh, cures for it and there's no way to reverse it right now and so they're working on that but that was the one major theme from um, Grey's Anatomy with uh, the show was her mom, um, Meredith, Meredith's mom had early onset 
Alzheimer's. And so she had to deal with that. I also saw that theme in the show. I think 911, the dispatcher, her mother, I think had dementia as well. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, that. Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, that is taxing. It can be, um, hard to maintain and emotionally you're like I really want you to remember who I am like I really want you to remember that I'm your daughter or I'm your significant other or your son or your your friend and that can be it's almost like they're and I'll say this sounds harsh but it's it's almost as if they're dead to you but they're still living because they don't know you so everything that you've been through is gone Right. Only you have that memory. And that's what you have to hold on to. That's what you have to hold on to in that time. Yeah. I don't know. That was that was so sweet. And I bet that wedding was like the bomb. <laughs> like I bet that wedding was probably. like wrong point. He probably had the time of his life because he married his yeah, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, I thought that this was the first time it ever happened. I mean, it would be, you know what would be cool. <laughs> what would be cool is if his vows were very similar, if not the same, as his vows the first time. What? Okay, but he didn't... Okay, yeah, and he rewrote them. Yes! That would be awesome. Like, oh my gosh, he wrote that. He really meant those words, because he said them again, and didn't even know he was saying them twice. (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh. And what would be interesting is if she chose a different song, for their first dance, like, hey, we're gonna get married like every couple years anyway, so we we'll just do a different song every time. <laughs> yeah, just pick something you like. Pick right. something you know you like, and you have a lot of songs for your first dance. <laughs> exactly. That what kind of oh gosh, what kind of story that would be if if you know how those movies you remember that movie we didn't like where the guy lost his memory every time and then we couldn't follow it. Uh, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I won't say what it is on here, but yes. Ooh. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I feel like that would be a really cute movie. It almost like that movie Fifty First Dates, but for this yeah, one, I thought that was cute. That was cute, but I would love for it there to be something that you know spreads awareness about dementia and Alzheimer's. A movie based of a, a story like this, based on a story like this, I think would be absolutely cute and heartwarming. Oh yeah, I think it would. We've had so many good feels today. All the tingly feelings. I feel so full and so warm on the inside. My heart is like about to explode. I'm surprised I didn't cry. I'm actually kind of proud of myself that I didn't cry. I had a moment. Yeah, you did good. <laughs> and I'm the pregnant one, but you would be the one crying. Yes, I would. And I will totally own that. Yes. But I did good. I was composed, although I did have to, you know, get it together on this last one because that it touched the nerve for me, I guess, a little bit. But yeah. yes. All right, BFFs out there in BFF land, you guys know for every episode, we like to spotlight a Black-owned business. And today, we have none other than 
Queen Productions, owned and operated by Miss Jade Griffin. She is a licensed esthetician and professional makeup artist. She provides a full service spa offering all of your favorite beauty care needs, as well as makeup services. She's a travel makeup artist. So if you need her to go somewhere, hit her up. Weddings, events, and she conducts makeup classes and more. I think she's been established since like 2013, 2014. Uh, she's located in Greensboro, North Carolina. We can contact her via email, queenproductions.13 at gmail.com or by phone, 336-450-7622. Be sure to follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And I am proud to say that she is one of my former babies from Weaver Academy. So excited to see her out there doing her thing, right? I'm so excited for her. So yes. Always good. Mm -hmm. Yes, to see the children doing great things. It is. It warms my heart. I tell my parents all the time that I know they're your children, but they're my babies and they'll always be my babies even after they graduate. So hit up Queen Productions uh, for all of your beauty and spa service needs right here in the heart of Greensboro, North Carolina. I think I'm going to have to all call her right. for some things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she sounds like she can, you know, get the face together. So, you know, that might be something. Yes, because, you know, you got a photo shoot that's going to be coming up because I'm going to make you do it. Oh, no. You have to. BFFs, now you know, <laughs> we're, we got baby BFF on the way, right? Baby BFF is on the way. I'm going to be a BFF auntie. You guys are all going to be BFF aunties and uncles, right? Okay, so she has to have her pregnancy photo shoot. She has to. And I think we're going to have to call Queen Productions to get her right. Yes. <laughs> oh, gonna... boy. It sounds like a, not only will Queen Productions be doing something to my face, it sounds like it's also going to be a BFF Nina production as well. So we'll, well see how this goes. Well, I just want y'all to know she said it. I didn't. I'm just co-signing. Mm-hmm. This is going to be great. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right. I've had fun today. I hope you guys have too. Um, of course, you guys know how you can find us on all the social media platforms. Be sure to like, share, uh, subscribe, and just, you know, follow us and tell us all the things that you want us to talk, talk about. Share this with your BFFs, right? And that way we can all be BFFs. Be sure to join us in two weeks for a new episode of the That's What Friends Do podcast. We'll see you later, BFFs. Bye, BFFs.